frustration tolerance, that's a real thing. How many of you parents, educators, and other child care providers could use help in knowing how to teach your children frustration tolerance? If that's you, this episode is for you. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling that you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I'm a mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you'll find solutions to get kids to listen better and build family connection, to feel confident in managing difficult behaviors, and help your kids build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. listener wrote, how do you create frustration tolerance in the children? Well, that is a great question. And today, before we begin that, I'm going to read a review. This one comes from Jessica. She writes, tangible advice I can use as an educator and gives five stars. Wow, so glad I have this tool to help me communicate better with my students. Jessica, I'm so glad. And I think this episode might be right up your alley too. So how do we create frustration tolerance in our children? One of the things to remember is that our children don't have a big reserve. They're just beginners in this life, and they're learning. So let's break it up into three different parts. We've got the before the frustration, we've got during the frustration, and we've got after the frustration. Let's begin with during a frustrating episode, because that's where the meat is, isn't it? That's where it is that we say, ah, what do I do right now? So let's start there. Now, when we consider what's going on with our children, we think about how it is that they are feeling on the inside. They are obviously overcome with emotions. If we can validate what it is that they feel, that's not saying we're validating the behavior. That means we're letting them know that we see them, that we hear them. We understand how it is that they're feeling, and we can accept every bit of those feelings as the feelings are. They don't have to change their feelings in order to be acceptable. The feelings just are, and we can talk about those feelings, validating them the whole time, even without acknowledging the behavior as a positive or negative. Now, we know that when we want to change their behavior, if we talk about their feelings, it's going to calm their brain. When a child feels seen and heard, their brain settles down. And if their brain settles down, they become more able to listen. And at that point, you'll be able to teach them and lead them. So what does it look like to validate what a child is feeling? You might say, oh, I'd be frustrated by that too. Or, yeah, I know you don't want to put your coat on. I get it. I don't want to put my coat on either, but we need to. It's winter. Or maybe they say that they don't like supper and they throw their fork down on the table and you say, oh, I'm sorry you don't like it. That's too bad. And you just allow what it is that they express to be okay as an expression. 
This is a way to allow them to have their feelings. And the feelings themselves sometimes can be scary to kids. So we want them to know that we're not afraid of their feelings. They can have big feelings and we're not going to take the bait and get involved in their feelings. We're going to accept their feelings, recognize them as just what they are. They're just feelings and they belong to the child. And then we let them, we can observe what's going on. Now that's not easy to do. It is very easy to step in the zone of where they're at. But that's not our place. Now, in this moment, I want to acknowledge that we're talking about recognizing a child's feelings. We're not discussing the correction of behavior. Obviously, there are times that we need to correct behavior. That's just not the topic in this episode. Right now, we're talking about helping our kids develop frustration tolerance, which means we're talking about their feelings, their frustrations, and how is it that we can help them build that tolerance to frustration. So even though it sounds like some things we should be correcting, this isn't the episode that we're talking about behavior correction. So let's move to after they have a big reaction. Sometimes, a lot of the time, when our kids have a very big reaction, they have these big feelings, the feelings themselves can be scary, which enhances the response that they have to the feeling itself because they get scared by the big feeling that they have, then that magnifies the feeling, which they become more scared and magnifies that feeling and get more scared, and there they go out of control. What I want to say about the after. Afterwards, once they're calmer, you can acknowledge again and and validate again what it is that happened by saying something like, wow, that was hard, wasn't it? Those were big feelings. Did you know I still love you? Can I hug you? That kind of response allows a child to know that just because they have big scary feelings doesn't mean that the big scary feelings are going to be scaring you or too big for you. Now this will require that we remember that their reaction and their behavior isn't actually about us. Yes, moms and dads, you will be the recipient of the behavior. Yes, it will feel like it is geared right towards what you said or what you did. But it is not a measure of you. It is a measure of their maturity and their ability to deal with frustration, their ability to deal with what they don't like. So this is an opportunity for you to look at it and think, hmm, what do I see that I need to teach my child? One of the big important things for your kiddo is going to be to reconnect with them after they have one of those experiences where they have lots of frustration. Sometimes we as parents don't feel like reconnecting, but yet for our kiddos, it's important that they recognize that they're still loved. Now, what I said sounds all fine and well, but what about in the real part of the day when you think they shouldn't be getting so frustrated by such a small thing? What is it that we can do? Well, here's that we do before the frustration. So, reviewing. We talked about during how they feel. We validate their feelings so they feel seen and heard, which calms the brain. The second thing I talked about was after an episode. Once they have calmed down, validate them again as a human. Let them know that they are still loved, wanted, accepted, and you're not scared of their feelings. These two things will tame the experience of having overwhelming, out-of-control experiences when the frustration gets high. Now, there are things that we can do 
before we ever get into that situation. So what I want to talk about is two more things, and they happen before you ever get into the situation. Here's what they are. First, do you know of a possible frustration that is going to be coming? For example, you're going to grandma's house and you know that peas are going to be served and your child doesn't like peas. Or you're going to be telling your child, put your coat on, we're going outside. Or you know that the little neighbor boy is going to be coming over to be babysat at your house today and he always knocks over your son's blocks when he's building towers. Whatever it is that you can predict might become a frustration for your child. Have a conversation beforehand. Pre-teach what it is that you want your child to know and to expect. So, for example, you can say, Hey, Johnny, we're going to Grandma's house today. And maybe some of the food that we're going to eat is what you like. And maybe some of it is going to be what you don't like. Here's how I want you to handle it. And then describe from your child's perspective what's going to happen to them and describe their behavior when they are in the situation doing exactly what you wish that they would do. So let's take an example. Hey, Johnny, little Susie's coming over today for the day. You know how she always knocks over your blocks? It'll probably happen again if you choose to play blocks. How are you going to be able to play blocks and deal with her knocking it over? Or... Do you want to play blocks before she comes or after she goes home? That was an example, I guess, of conversation you can have that gives a child a choice, which is great. You can also tell them how you want specifically for them to handle something. Hey, Billy, we're going to go to the store today. I know you don't like to wear your winter clothes, but we have to put them on again, and we're going to go to the store. When it's time, and it's coming up soon, I'm going to say put your coat on and you're going to put your coat on and then we're going to get in the car. And when you say it, say it with a happy face, say it with a calm voice and let him know I'm going to be doing the same. I know you don't like it. That's why I'm giving you a warning that we need to do something that we don't like to do. Maybe for your child that would work. So you can try a variety of different things and find out what works with the personality of your child and what works with the personality of you. I use all of these different things, depending on which child I'm working with, depending on the, the, the energy level and the character of the kiddo that I'm talking to. And when we're at the store, I want you to be my helper. It means that you need to sit quietly in the cart for a short time. I'm going to give you a toy that you can play with, and maybe you can eat some crackers too. But you need to be quiet enough that I can think. Now this isn't going to work for a two-year-old, but if you're talking about a chatty four or older, it should work just fine, but you need to practice it more than once. The second preparation that will help our kids build frustration tolerance is to figure out what their triggers are. For some of our children, having a disappointment can be a huge trigger such as they don't have for lunch what they expected to have for lunch. For other kids, a surprise, um, having a change that they didn't expect, or just any unexpected thing like maybe the toothpaste is a different flavor. 
For some kids, that can put them over the edge. Another kiddo might be losing their frustration because being not understood is so hard. And that might be because their speech is poor and you can't understand them. Or it could just be that what they're saying, you don't know what they mean by what they say, even though they're talking. So there's a variety of ways, a variety of feelings. Those are just three that can be the feelings that would be the trigger that throws their ability to tolerate frustration over the edge. And acknowledging those kind of feelings again can really help them. Giving them the language will help them tremendously. So you'd say, boy, that was really frustrating when you thought you were going to be going to your friend's house today, and now you can't. That's a disappointment. And then they learn what disappointment is, and that helps them to have words for this icky feeling inside them, and that alone can diffuse it sometimes. For the kiddo that's finding there's a surprise or a change or something unexpected, if we're able to know that this is a trigger ahead of time, then we can let them know there's a change in the toothpaste today, or we have a routine that's going to be different. We have a surprise today. Grandma is coming over to visit. And sometimes it's even a surprise that kids actually like, but it's the change in the routine that can throw them off. So again, that's, that's one of the triggers. If you can identify it in your kiddo, that is really helpful. Not being understood, I really want to know what you have to say. What you're saying is important and I'm listening. Can you tell me again? My ears didn't hear very well. I really want to know. What you have to say is important. I care about what you think. I want to hear. Having those kind of statements will help your kiddo to have patience and tolerance to be able to try again because they feel like they're not being brushed off. They, they need to repeat themselves again. There are other feelings that will put kiddos over the edge, but here's three for you to start thinking about what might be my child's triggers. And if you can identify what it is that the triggers are for your child, you can have those conversations with them prior to being in the situation. And also at times. We, as well as our children, simply don't have capacity. If you are hungry or tired or lonely or have any numerous other things going on, you're cold for our children. Sometimes they need to use the bathroom and they just don't even realize that it's toilet time until all of a sudden they realize and then they run. But just prior to that, they can be pretty agitated, not really knowing why. This is a maturity thing for our kiddos. Sometimes they don't have capacity, and sometimes it's that self-awareness, and they just don't know. As you watch their behavior, you can remember that the behavior is a reflection of their maturity, and it is not a reflection of you. But these behaviors you're looking at, if you can stand back and observe them, it is an opportunity for you to pinpoint what it is that you want to teach them. So if it, they're during a frustrating episode, maybe it's a full-out meltdown or tantrum, maybe you just see that they're just getting ornery. They need to feel seen and heard, so that means validate them. Validate how it is that they feel. This isn't their behavior you're validating. You're, beha you're validating their feelings. And afterwards, lovingly acknowledge that that big reaction was hard. Because it is hard on the kids. Yeah, I know it's hard on us too, but we let the kiddos know that we, we see that, that it was hard for them. 
And when we start looking at it from that perspective that it was hard for them, we will feel the impact of its directedness at us less. And then beforehand, if you know that a possible frustration is on the way, prepare them for this thing that is coming up by having a conversation about what you want them to do so they know what the target is. They know what they're supposed to do. They know how you want them to act. And if we can tell them how it is that we want them to act, we have more likelihood that they can find it. And the last thing, observe them. Figure out what their triggers are. Can you pinpoint that they regularly struggle when disappointment happens? Or maybe when a surprise or a change happens? Or maybe when they feel not understood? Or maybe it's something else. Can you figure out what their triggers are? And if you can figure out what their triggers are, You can help them by preparing them to navigate those difficult feelings with vocabulary and and you can talk through picture books where other people have felt those kind of feelings. You can also tell your kiddos, I felt this once when, and tell them a story so they know these feelings happen to everybody. It's not just a terrible thing that's going on inside their body that they can't control. It's just part of their human experience. The more you can normalize it, the easier it's going to be. So those are your four tips for building frustration tolerance in your children. During, validate them. After, lovingly acknowledge that it was hard. Beforehand, prepare them for the possible frustrations that are coming up and figure out their triggers and give them the language for those things so they know it is just a normal experience, and nothing to be feared. I'd love to hear which strategies you choose to apply and what the outcome is. Email me at hello at the language of play and tell me. I would love to hear your story. Thank you for joining me today on The Language of Play. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I'd be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.